Hi, and welcome to the Savvy Social Hour podcast. This show is for female biz babes looking to up-level their business and become rockstar entrepreneurs in no time. I'm your host, Jenny, and I'm so excited to chat with you about today's episode. Let's get right into it. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Savvy Social Hour podcast. Today we're on episode 34 of the show, which is crazy. I feel like time is just flying. But anyway, I am here today with Megan Lofton. Megan is the founder of the Bootstrap Boutique, a YouTube channel that helps new Amazon sellers start small while thinking big. In addition to Amazon YouTube, Megan works in a demanding day job and is raising a family. She enjoys good books, cold drinks, sunny days, and spending too much time on the internet. So I'm really excited to chat with Megan today all about Amazon FBA. It's a topic that I am not super familiar with. So I hope you guys enjoy it and learn a lot. So let's dive right in. Hi, Megan. Welcome to the show. I'm so excited that you're here and I cannot wait to chat more about selling on Amazon with you. So before we dive into the episode, tell us a little bit about yourself and your business and just how you got started doing it all. Yeah, absolutely. Um, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here also. So I, my name is Megan and I founded the Bootstrap Boutique, which is a YouTube channel that when I started, it was like, I want to start a business, but I have no idea what I want to do. And so it was really just documenting me going through and trying to figure out what is it that I want to do as a, as a side business. And it is still um, a side business for me. I'm one of those weird people that I really enjoy my day job. And so everything else that I do is, is just a side hustle for me, um, which is a lot of fun. So where I eventually landed is uh, selling physical products, private label products on Amazon. And um, that's, I think what we're going to talk about a lot today is how to actually do that and sell on Amazon. Yeah. It is something that I had no idea about until I got into it and, and started learning all about it. And it's just a really fun place to be. It's a platform that has a ton of growth. So um, there's kind of room for everyone and it's just really exciting. Yeah. So first off, um, what, what do you sell on Amazon? Is it a variety of different things or do you have like a specific thing that sells like hotcakes or what is your... Yeah, I sell a variety of things. Um, well, I have just a few products that I private label currently. Um, they're in the art kind of craft niche. Um, and so, you know, one thing that I actually actively look for to not sell are the, the really um, hot products because okay. those are the ones that have the most competition. And, yeah, and for various reasons on Amazon, you you know, the they always say their, their riches are in the niches. And I have found on Amazon that's absolutely true also. It's better to be just in a, in a niche category that doesn't have a ton of competition in it. So what is your item though that even though it's not like it's a niche item, but it just sells really well? What is your, like your most popular item that yep. you Yeah. So that's kind of a funny thing about private labelers that you'll find is none of us actually publicly share what our products are. Okay. And the reason for that is because that is one of the hardest parts of this whole gig is finding something to sell and that sells well that you can make money on. So when people find those products, they hold them very close to the chest. Um, there's a software company out there called Jungle Scout that I'm a huge fan of and I use a lot of their products. They, as a means of education, have gone through twice now and done... Um, 
product launches out in the open where obviously they use their software. They show people how they use it to find products. And then they go through the process of actually private labeling it and bringing it to market, mm-hmm. which is great. But what happens then is the day that they launch, they inevitably get like 50 other competitors that come in and it really depresses their sales. And it's too bad because they donate all the profits from those products to charity. Um, but that's just, it is a very closely held secret. Whenever somebody has a private label product, they just don't share it because it just invites the competition in. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> so it's all so it's a little different. Yeah, it, it is. And it's kind of unfortunate that that's the way it is, but um, I've just seen it happen so many times. And so um, it's a little different than most people that just want to shout out like, Oh, I, you know, I sell this, this is the service I have, but in, in the physical product space, this is, it's just how it goes. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I guess if you like didn't sell through Amazon, you had your own website, it'd be different because. Right. I would want to market to, yeah, to sell that product. Yeah. Um, But Amazon really does all that for you, which is one of the great things about selling on Amazon. Yeah. So, I mean, I have a friend who does it, so I'm kind of familiar with it. Oh, yeah. Cool. Really, you know. I haven't dove into that yet because it was just, Mm -hmm. well, it seems kind of overwhelming. And so um, what exactly is Amazon FBA and how would someone go about like doing that and getting into that? Yeah. So the Amazon platform, something I never realized about it until about two years ago when I started getting into this is that over half of the products that are sold on Amazon are sold by third party sellers. Mm -hmm. So that would be someone like me or your friend that is you know, or a business that just sells on Amazon also as part of their strategy, um, which accounts for over like $20 billion in sales. So it's, it's a lot of money that is coming through these third party sellers. And when we say selling on Amazon, what we really mean is fulfillment by Amazon. So you'll hear it called a lot, Amazon FBA. Mm-hmm. And for us third party sellers, there's two ways that you can sell. The first would be fulfilled by merchant, which means that I either have inventory here in my house or at a warehouse, or if I am at one of those physical product or physical locations that, you know, inventory on the shelves. Mm -hmm. So I put my listing on Amazon, somebody buys it, and then I have to go ship that item, right? So I'm packaging it taking it to the post office and so that's more like an Etsy type situation. Yeah. Or like eBay is, Uh it's kind of the same deal. It's just a platform is Amazon. So what I do and what a lot of people do is fulfillment by Amazon, which is instead of the products being here in my house, they're in one of Amazon's fulfillment network Mm -hmm. centers, which are all over the country. And the reason why we have prime two day shipping because they can get you everything super fast. So With that, with fulfillment by Amazon, my products go from my suppliers overseas directly to the Amazon fulfillment center. So I never have to touch it. And, and then it sits on the shelf. Someone clicks on my listing, they buy my product and an Amazon employee or a drone or whatever it is they have working for (laughs) them these days. We don't know. Um, But they go and they pick it, pack it and ship it off. And then, you know, if you have Prime, then you get that free two day shipping and, and all that stuff. So that's really the benefit of doing it fulfillment by Amazon or FBA is because once, once you've got the product, you don't actually have to touch it. So I can make sales when I'm on vacation or if I'm sick or it's Christmas. Um, I can still keep doing that. I don't have to worry about actually physically getting all that inventory shipped off. 
Yeah. So it's kind of in a sense, like a form of passive income since you're not actually like once you buy the product and it sells, like you don't do anything about it. Yeah. It's, it's passive income. Exactly. In the way that everything is passive income, which means you put in a massive amount of work up front (laughs) and then, you know, as you know, launching a podcast or a blog or writing a book, people call that passive income. And it's like, but but you did all this other work first. You know, you do a lot yeah, to get it to yeah. that point. But then, yeah, it's super hands-off. I guess since um, it's not a service and you're not sitting there and providing it, it's essentially passive income. That's what I mean by that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Business. So everything I do other than my, you know, digital products are, you know, that is just time and money coming out of me versus, you know, being yes. able to put it out and have it sell throughout the entire Yeah, year. exactly. So you don't have your hands on it every day. You're, yeah, that's exactly that's right. nice. Um, so are there any like fees or anything that you have to pay to have them fulfilled? Um, by yep. Am- Amazon takes, they take their cut for sure. There's two fees that you have to look out for. Um, there's a couple more, but the two big ones when you sell mm-hmm. FBA is a pick and pack fee, which is like I mentioned before, your products on the shelf at the warehouse, uh-huh. somebody goes and they pick it and they pack it, you know, they put it on the shipping box and, and, and all that. <laughs> right. Um, so that is the fee you pay on every sale. And then you also pay a referral fee. So Amazon will take 15% of your sales price, um, as, as their referral fee for you using the platform. And that's from every sale or okay. From every sale. And then you pay a monthly account fee, um, to have the account also. So would you, you know, for someone starting out that doesn't necessarily have the, extra money to, you know, work with Amazon FBA, would you recommend them doing just selling it out of their house at first until they have like that guaranteed income and they're able to make those sales? Or would you recommend starting with Amazon? Yeah, it's a little bit of a chicken and an egg issue. um, Because for sure, you're going to save you're still going to pay the 15% referral fee. because Mm -hmm. That's a fee for being on the platform in general. Okay, but you're going to save that pick and pack fee if you ship yourself. Um, you also have shipping costs then that you have to take into account. So that's definitely something, a way you can do it to save money. Yeah. Um, a lot of times you'll notice if you go buy something on Amazon, that's really big, like physically <laughs> large, that it'll be fulfilled by merchant. And that's because they don't want to pay the oversized yeah, fees at Amazon, right? That makes sense. Um, but there's, there's nothing official from Amazon, but a lot of people in the community think that if you are using fulfillment by Amazon, if you're in their warehouse, that that somehow is going to increase your sales. Mm-hmm. Part of that is because then you do have, you are open up to all the prime customers okay. um, that Amazon has because a lot of people will go in and they'll just search for their product and they click only show me stuff that's prime eligible. Yeah. You're paying for that. prime. You want to use it. So um, there, there are some sellers now that have um, prime uh, fulfillment my merchant, but with prime product or prime mm. fulfillment my merchant. I'm not saying that right, but I think, I think you understand what I mean. Um, so that's, that has been rolled out to some people, but not everyone. But beca- because you do have that access to prime customers with fulfillment by merchant, most people would say, just go ahead and send it in. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a little more expensive, but you're probably going to make more sales. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Cause I mean, people do are instant gratification type people yes. and they want their stuff immediately. So yes. yeah, I, I honestly, most of the time, if I see something takes longer than, you know, 
two days or three days or whatever, I won't order it from Amazon. Cause I'm like, well, what's the point? Like it's supposed to be, yeah. Days, right. Yeah. Or um, if you have to pay for shipping separately. Yeah. Um, a lot of people, I was talking with some friends and they said, you know, I'd rather something be more expensive than me have to pay for shipping. It's just a mental block yeah, that we all still exactly. have. Yeah. yeah. So just kind of working that into your um, cost as is versus adding on shipping. Exactly. Easier for people to digest because they're like, oh, well, I'm just paying for this product. I, I get free shipping. It's not really free. It's right. <laughs> yeah. <kind of> yeah. <laughs> it feels like exactly. it's free. Exactly. Uh, the only time that I will do anything that is longer than two or three days is when I use Amazon handmade because they, right. they, you know, they have handmade products and obviously you need to have a little more, um, with them because yeah. you know they're actually physically making that um but yeah I've actually used them before too and I thought mm-hmm. that was really cool I it's kind of hard to find so I didn't really a lot of people don't really know about it because it's not easy to find the Amazon handmade section but um I thought it was cool like it was just like a mini little Etsy situation on Amazon because mm-hmm. it was just like yeah I've products yeah, I've bought from there once too, and I didn't even realize it was um, separate. And so yeah. then it's the same thing. When I got the shipping, I was like, what do you mean it's going to take a week? <laughs> but it, then yeah. I got it, and I was like, oh, this is actually, you know. Like, cool. yeah, so, this is handcrafted. Yeah, I, I mean, I did it. The only reason I knew about it, because I did a blog campaign with them for my lifestyle blog, and it was like Amazon handmade focused. And they were like, don't tag regular Amazon, like for a different branch, like we're still oh, cool. Amazon. So it's like, yeah, they're trying to bring awareness to the handmade section. Cause I mean, like I said, I wouldn't have known about it if I didn't see that campaign. And then I was like, okay, let me go like explore before I apply. And then yeah. I ended up liking it and it was, you know, and then I got the campaign, but, um, yeah, that's not something that's super, um, known about from people, at least from what I've um, noticed. But yeah. So when, when someone is looking to become a seller on Amazon, like what would you say is your top, three tips for, you know, wanting to become a seller and like, what should they do first? Yeah. I think the first thing you should do is, um, make a decision that this is what I want to do. So that involves some research, but where we all struggle, I think, um, people like me that have a high need to know is how much research is too much research. Right. Yeah. Um, and so you can stay in the research phase forever trying (laughs) to decide if this is something that I want to do or not. The, the second is, would be to get some startup capital. This is in a field that you're not going to start with 10 bucks. You know, you're not going to start. It's not just go get your website and your hosting and then you can yeah. create this awesome asset, right? You have to invest in physical products and they yeah. cost money. So exactly. I would say probably $500 at the bare minimum is what you need to plan on investing into the product. I, I put a lot more than that into my first product. Um, you can do it for less than I did though, obviously. So at least five hundred dollars to yeah. get started. So you gotta have that startup capital. I feel like and then the, needs that anyway, because you know Yeah. You do need your website and hosting and stuff, but you need to at least like before you start making money, you need to have a little bit to invest because you're not gonna make anything until you invest a little bit yeah. at least. Yep. So yeah, so one, do do some research, but not too much. Yeah. Uh, because you'll do it forever. Two, get your startup capital, and then three is just try it. Um, you can create your Amazon selling account. They give you a 30-day free trial, so that's enough time once you have products to get in there and to just see if you can sell something, see if you like it. Um, because the truth is, you're never going to know if this is for you or not. 
until you're in it and doing it. And I've seen people that, you know, both ways, they start it and they love it. And they're like, this is all I want to do forever. I'm good. This is my thing now. And then other people that are like, you know what? I did it for a month, for two months. It's not for me. It was too stressful. I didn't like, you know, having to try and talk with people in different time zones because we usually do with Chinese suppliers. So you're looking mm-hmm. at maybe a 12 hour time difference. And some people don't like, you know, that just extra added friction. So I think unless you get in there and just try it, then you'll never know. So those are the three things I think everyone should do if they're interested. Yeah, I think I think that's those are really important because you know a lot of people dive into things without doing any research, and that can be helpful too. So I think there needs to be a balance between doing enough research and then not like over researching to where you're like absolutely an expert on it because then yeah. It's too much. Um, so how long did it take you to start like generating a profit? Would you say? Yeah. So I started generating a profit really soon. Once it took me a long time to get my product, um, to actually, from when I started learning about Amazon FBA to when I actually had a product in the warehouse to sell, it took me over a year, which is a really long time. Um, I don't recommend people take that long. I had a couple of issues with different suppliers where products fell through, Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, so it doesn't have to be that long of a lead time for most people. It's not actually, but once I started selling on Amazon, I was able to recoup a profit pretty soon. My profit of uh, my products that I sell are profitable. I price them at a place where they're profitable, mm-hmm. you know, so that starts with having good sourcing and building in a profit margin and making sure you're accounting for all your fees and everything. And I use software that helps me do that, but I just started it at a place where as long as it's selling, I will be profitable. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so that works, you know, I mean, it's just math, right? <laughs> right. So, um, yeah, so it didn't take long. I mean, once, once I had started selling on Amazon, I was pretty much immediately profitable. That's great. Yeah. A lot of people, that's like a lot of people's thing that holds them back. Like what if I put in all this time and money finding all the wholesalers and picking out products and stuff, and then nothing ends up happening. But right. I and if I, yeah, Sorry, if I had started a, yeah, if I had sold a product, tried to sell a product that there was just no demand for, no competition, and I didn't have any sales, then yeah, it's 100% sunk cost. Um, Another question that just came to mind. So how do you Mm -hmm. kind of decide on which wholesalers are going to be, you know, legitimate? Because you know, those sometimes those Alibaba websites have, they send you really junk so um how did yeah. you figure out like who was a good supplier to go with and you know what was the best so that you know you didn't end up investing money and stuff and then getting it sent to people and then having them be like this is terrible it fell apart my first use or whatever mm-hmm. uh, yeah good question so it starts with casting a wide net and I do use Alibaba to source products and I will probably email 15 or 20 suppliers. Okay. Um, and I send them all the same question. I have a template that I use and um, we're just kind of waiting to see what comes back. So I'm looking for a few different things. One is, was it timely? Two was, um, how is the English? It doesn't have to be perfect English. Yeah, they, exactly. they speak English much better than I speak Mandarin. So just, <laughs> can, can I understand it? Um, and then three, how thorough is the response? And four, just like, do I get a good feeling? Because it, usually it's three or four emails back and forth. Um, and that kind of lets you just, some people you just get a good feeling with. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I've, I've worked pretty intuitively sometimes. So that's, I've, I might put more stock in that than other people do, but it's worked for me. 
and then always get samples. So you get probably your top three suppliers that you're feeling pretty good about okay. and you request samples. They oh, generally that's, that's don't. Nice. Yeah. So generally they won't charge you for the sample, but you do have to pay the shipping. Okay. Um, and so that can add up. That could be like $50, but because what they do is they, another country. Yeah. It's coming from probably China and they're yeah. going to send it like, like three day shipping because they want to click turnaround so you can yeah. get it in your hands and hopefully place an order. So, um, so I always get samples for a new product, um, for the product I'm getting ready to launch here in the beginning of March, I probably have four or five just in the house now. Um, so always get samples, feel them out, take them out of the bag, play with them, you know, be, be kind of rough and figure out how would your customer use this product, try and use it like that. So you can get a sense of the wear of it. Um, and then you just, you make a decision and you go with them. The other thing I do is. I ask my suppliers during the production run to send me pictures. So take pictures of the raw materials, take pictures of it on the line, take pictures of it in the box um, and, and send me that and just keep me updated on the process. And so that also gives a lot of comfort to me as, it, as it's going through. That makes so much sense. Yeah. I was curious, like if they sent you samples or anything like that, because mm -hmm. I feel like it would be difficult to sell something that you've never seen in person before and just hope yeah. for the best. I mean, I'm sure there are people who do that, but I don't think about sure. The yeah. <laughs> yeah. But either, the you, other, the oh, other thing mm -hmm. I do is I start with a smaller production run, maybe 250 okay. units, 500 units. And I actually have them all sent to my house. So okay. I'll be out in the front yard with the FedEx guy, like unloading boxes and boxes <laughs> and boxes. But then I just open them up and look at them and make sure before they go to Amazon to be yeah. like, is, is this right? Yeah. Um, and, and that just, it's just another comfort piece for me. Yeah. I think that's really important because you don't want to be selling products that aren't, you know, good and then have your name right. be drug through the dirt because you had Absolutely. products that were just not high quality. Um, but yeah. yeah, that's something I was always curious about in like finding wholesalers and stuff. Cause you know, I've looked into doing some products for my own business, not necessarily, I wasn't like looking at Amazon or anything, just like for my own business on my website and just having mm -hmm. like a little shop of physical products, like maybe some cute little pens and, you know, coffee mugs and cute stuff like that. And just not really targeting a mass audience, just like my, my customers and my followers and things like that. Um, but yeah, it's just, I was, I never knew. I was like, how do you find like good wholesale suppliers that are going to give you quality products and you're not yeah. gonna, like screwed over? So yeah. And you bring up a great point because not everyone wants to import 3000 widgets from China, right? <laughs> some, some people, you can take the private label concepts and apply them to smaller production runs, just mm -hmm. like you're talking about. So if you have um, a YouTube channel that focuses on like home organization, you know, and you want to sell products as another way to, um, to monetize your audience and, you know, have further brand recognition, then you can do that. still. Yeah. Um, you know, go to China, have, have your products sourced and created and then sell them out. Now you don't have the fulfillment by Amazon mechanism. That mm -hmm. is what makes selling so easy, but on a smaller production run, it's something you can manage. There's also, third-party third party logistics partners that are called mm -hmm. 3PLs that, that can manage that for you. So you can absolutely take like kind of the mass quantity scale that we look at at Amazon and scale it down for your own business. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I, it's something I'm looking at not necessarily this year or 
you know, mm-hmm. within the next year or so. But I just think it would be cool to add another element because I've always kind of, I've always been curious about like owning a boutique and things like that, but they're so popular these days. And I, you know, I'm like, I don't know if that would even like work, but yeah, it's something I, I thought was always be, would always be cool because I am like really into fashion in addition to loving to help people with their social media. So it's like, what if I could add this to my blog at some point, you know? So it's something yeah, I've like absolutely. looked into, but I haven't actually like on the trigger yet just because like looking at all of the things doing the research I guess and then mm-hmm. getting nervous by the research but you know how that goes yeah um, absolutely yeah no that's really that's really helpful um because yeah wholesale is you know it can be a hit or miss sometimes absolutely. um so I'm trying to think if I have any more questions about Amazon um so, you know, those websites like She Inside and things like that, they also, I don't know if you know of them, but they, mm-hmm. they wholesale from China as well. Um, and those websites can be a hit or miss too that I've noticed. Like I've heard horror stories. I'm terrified. So I've order actually from ordered there. from there before. And I, you know, there's always one thing in my order that is just ridiculous. But for the most uh-huh. part, it's just like, it's like Forever 21 quality. Okay. Which clo- the clothes are also made in China too. So it's, it's like the Most same things are, <laughs> yeah. it's like the same quality. It's just, you know, sometimes you have to look at like the people wearing the clothes to make sure mm-hmm. like, like other people did reviews of them actually in the clothes. Cause sometimes they yeah. can be a little small and things like that. But yeah, it just kind of reminded me of that. Like, cause those are, you know, wholesalers essentially, but there's right. a mass audience, but yeah, that's, that's really interesting. Um, and, you know, would now still be a good time to get into selling on Amazon? Like, is it still a hot market or is it getting to the point where there's just too much competition? Yeah, it's, it's still, um, Amazon continues to grow. As, mm-hmm. You know, the big thing in the news right now is that they're opening HQ2 somewhere um, yeah. in America. We don't know where yet, but they're just continuing to grow and expand, um, you know, I kind of joke about it, but it, you know, some people say like, I welcome our Amazon overlords because one day they're going to be running everything. It feels like, um, probably won't happen, but yeah, but they've kind of got their hands in everything. So the marketplace continues to grow and expand on Amazon here in the United States, but also abroad. So that's another thing you can start doing once you kind of get your feet wet. Um, and uh, most people say start in the country where you are. Yeah. So amazon.com, amazon.ca, uh, there's the UK, um, Australia is a new one. So there's a lot of international expansion opportunities also that you can take advantage of. And those markets are very new, most of them. Mm-hmm. So there's a ton of growth potential there. But even just here in the States on the Amazon.com site, um, year over year growth, I don't have the numbers, but I looked at them not too long ago, but it's it's ridiculous how much they're still growing, how much market share they have. Um, there's other people that are trying to compete online, like Amazon. I'm um, sorry, Amazon is being looked at by Walmart. They're trying to compete. Jet.com is trying to yeah. compete, and they're just not getting the traction. People have got that brand loyalty to Amazon, mm-hmm. and that's where they want to shop. And really, it's because Amazon, their focus is always on the customer. Yeah, um, yeah. they're one of those companies where the customer is always right. Now, sometimes as a seller, that can be a little frustrating because you're like, actually. But it really is what endears Amazon to people and why they continue to shop there and spend more and more money there every year. Yeah. And I also think the product variety, like you can get 
everything at Amazon. You can get everything. Easy. You can get, you can like watch movies. You can get, you know, books for Kindle. You can get mm-hmm. all kinds of things on Amazon. And that's like what draws me to it. And I would assume most people are drawn to it because of that. Um, just because there's so many different options of things that you can buy. Like you could literally buy every single Christmas present for anyone on your list from Amazon if you wanted I'm, to. I'm sure lots of people do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely kind of almost did that this year. Yeah. I was just trying to think. It's like, I was pretty close. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's just really, really great how much Amazon's expanding and like all the different elements that they're adding. Right. So, yeah. Well, let's dive into the three questions that I ask everyone that comes on the show. So what does it mean for you to be an entrepreneur and what is your favorite part about it? Yeah. So I am um, on my YouTube channel. I am on record for saying I feel really funny about the the E word I call it, you know, <laughs> entrepreneurship. And that is something that um, I just don't identify with. I don't think that I am an entrepreneur, even though I do have um, a business that I own. It's you know registered. It's legit. I own a business, but I still ha- I still really struggle with thinking of myself as a business owner uh, because I think to me it still feels more like a hobby. Yeah. It's the side hustle. It's what I do at night and sometimes in the morning, you know, like for fun. And so that's something I always really struggle with, but I do it because it's fun because I believe in continuous um, personal improvement and growth and learning new things. So this is absolutely what I am like deep diving on and learning how to do e-commerce and then also the YouTube um, stuff also, which is also a lot of fun. So I, I do it because it's fun. <laughs> that's like such a great reason necessarily. Um, you know, that's no, not many companies are founded on the rock of it's fun. But yeah. for me, like that, that's just where I am right now. I'm just having a blast doing this stuff. Yeah. And I feel like sometimes once it becomes your like full-time thing, it doesn't, it's not as fun anymore. Right. Like, because yeah. you're, you know, you have, it's like, it's work. It's your only right. thing that you're doing. Cause I, I did, I left my full-time job about a year ago now, actually. Yeah. So, um, when I actually went into, you know, just doing this as my one and only thing, not a side hustle, it's, I mean, it's still, it's still fun. I really still enjoy it because it's my own thing. And I get to do whatever, um, I want and, you know, morph it into, whatever I want it to be and that kind of thing. But at some mm-hmm. point it's just like, of course it's sometimes it's going to feel like work, but it didn't before because I yeah. had like a full-time job that was work. Um, yeah. So do you ever plan to take this full-time as your full-time career or are you just enjoying it as your side hustle for now? Yeah. For now I'm a hundred percent enjoying it as a side hustle, but I know like you should never say never. Right. And what yeah. I've always, what I say is like, if I get so wildly successful with selling on Amazon, <laughs> that I have to make a choice. Yeah. Um, I hope at that point I will choose myself because I think you should always bet on yourself, but I'm just, I'm not there yet. So it's not really, you know, it's not a focus yet, but yeah, it's something that a ton of people do this full time. Yeah. um, It is their full time gig. I've seen some courses on Udemy before and Mm -hmm. it's like teaching, it's essentially teaching you how to make money on Amazon and how to sell and like what you should sell. Um, and that kind of thing. And the guy that teaches it was saying he makes like 30,000 plus a month on Amazon. I'm like, I literally made $30,000 a year at my full-time job. Like this is ridiculous. Yeah. So I don't know who that was. Maybe, maybe he was, I hope he was. But one thing that kind of frustrates me sometimes about the space, especially on YouTube where I also play is that you see a lot of the um, go from zero to $80,000 a month in revenue or something like that. And, or they don't say that they say zero to $80,000 a month. 
Mm-hmm. And what they're not saying is that that's revenue. That's yeah. not profit. Yeah, <laughs> you know? exactly, exactly. And so that is something that I think um, you just have to be careful with no matter who your teacher is. That Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. And even in yeah. the online entrepreneur community, just like among service-based businesses and things like that, there are people who preach 10K months all the time with their service-based business. But I'm like, is that after your business expenses and saving for taxes? Or is that yeah. straight up you made 10K like after taxes and after yep. But a lot of people aren't transparent about that. So I, mm-hmm. I'm pretty wary about that thing. Like I obviously didn't buy that course because I was like, that sounds a little gimmicky to me. Like maybe yeah. legit, but who knows? Like I'd prefer to have someone like how to make money on Amazon, not how to make 30000 a month on Amazon, you know? Yeah. I- well, and the thing that's that's too bad about it too is even if he has 30000 as revenue and he has a um, healthy profit margin, that's still a great income. You know, like we don't have to bang people up on the side of the head about these huge numbers when the numbers can be smaller, but it's still like most, it's still more than the average American salary. Exactly. It's just something that it's a little, um, it's not my hill to die on, but it's definitely like a, a, it gets to me a little little bit because I try and be just the voice of reason on my YouTube channel about that and say like, look, you don't have to if you're not making a million dollars a year on Amazon, like it's okay. You're Most not, it doesn't are. mean you're not successful. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I'm the same way in my, my service-based business. Like I am transparent. I'm like, I, I haven't hit a 10 K month yet and that's fine. Like I'm not been out of shape about it and you shouldn't be either because quite frankly, that's kind of unattainable for a lot of people. If your services yeah. aren't you know, coaching or something like that, where you can charge a high premium, you know, and I'm a social right. media manager. So if I'm trying to charge people thousands of dollars a month, they're like, huh, cause I work with like small business owners or they don't have yeah. that kind of money. Um, exactly. if I targeted more car- corporate people, then yeah, it'd be a little different, but yeah, it's just one of those things you have to be transparent about, you know, what you're making and exactly like including not just your, your gross, you have to get down to the net income because that's what really matters at the end of the day. Yep. Um, they say profit is vanity, but <laughs> cash is king or something like that. <laughs> I like that. But yeah, yeah, like it's just, it's one of those things you have to, you <clears throat> cares how much, who cares how much you made if all of it's going to your expenses. Like it's, yeah. And, and, and a private label, you know, physical product business, your cost of goods is a, it's the biggest line item by far. I mean, products cost money to buy and to ship across halfway across the world. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it's a big part of my monthly revenue. Yeah. So getting off my soapbox, um, (laughs) favorite tool that you use in your business, this can be like even like a physical planner or just something that just really helps you, um, make your business better and more efficient. Yeah. So I use Asana, no oh, yeah. stop. I'm in there all the time um, because I've got the um, physical product business that I'm running, which is, you know, when do I need to have this? When do I have to have my pictures done by? When do I need to have my listing created by? When do I need to go out and send uh, feedback requests, email? So it keeps me on track of all that. When do I have to go pay sales tax? That's another thing yeah. I have to deal with. Um, but then I also have my YouTube channel. So it's, it's planning out my videos and knowing when I've got people schedule to come on or when do I need to have something uploaded by? So I am in there nonstop. 
Yeah, that's great. I love Asana too. I actually use mm-hmm. both Asana and tre- Trello and I've talked about this in like every episode and yeah. I, <laughs> I like them both, but yeah, Asana is really good for, um, I think it's really good for teams. It's good for solo too, but I just, for me, I think it's better for teams than right. Trello. Um, and I need to start asking people like that question, like Asana or Trello, because literally everyone says that's their favorite tool. So I just need to add that in as a question. I feel like one day I'm going to experience someone that's like, what's that? And then I'm like, <laughs> oh, everyone else has said it in their favorite tool for business, but yeah, God will out. But yeah, I think I'm going to have that. Yeah. As- well, I'll, I'll give you a different one then since, <laughs> since you hear that one a lot. Um, one that I use that's specific to private labels okay. uh, products is called Jungle Scout. So I mentioned okay. them earlier, but what they do is their software that I use is something that it's a, a, a Google Chrome plugin or extension. Okay. And you go on the Amazon website and you look at products because this is what we're doing. We're trying to source new products all the time. And you click on their extension and it pulls up the estimated monthly sales, um, revenue, Amazon fees and all that. So you can see if a product is selling well or not. Okay. And that's really helpful because we're always looking for something that has already built in demand on Amazon. So you want demand, but not a lot of competition. It's, yeah. it's always a balance. And, um, and that's something that helps you really quickly determine, you know, is this something I need to look further into or not? So literally saves hours every month. Um, just by having that extension. So I'm a big fan of Jungle Scout. That sounds great. Google has so many great extensions, like yeah, literally a lifesaver. I have like all of them downloaded. I'm like, okay, <laughs> this is this saves me 10 minutes. This saves me 20. Like, it's just so nice to have those time-saving tools. Um, Absolutely. So lastly, who is your go-to business resource? Just someone who inspires you and just kind of makes you feel um, you know, good about what you're doing. It doesn't necessarily have to be in the space that you're in, just someone that you look up to essentially, if there's anyone. Yeah. Um, someone that I look up to a lot is a guy by the name of Scott Volkler. He runs a podcast called the amazing seller. And he's one of the two people that really got me into the space and, um, not only taught me about it, but encouraged me that I could do it. Um, (laughs) I've been lucky that I've gotten to meet with him because he's kind of local-ish to me about an hour and a half. So we did a meetup we hosted together. I've been on his podcast. He's been on my YouTube channel. He's, he's one of those people that's a mentor from afar. Okay. You know, we're not buddies, but, uh, we email or we have emailed in the past and, you know, we've done those meetups and stuff. And so I've learned so much from him. He's got a great story. Um, he went from being like a, you know, construction worker right out of high school working with his dad to now he has this really popular podcast and, um, has been selling on Amazon for quite a while. He did some mm-hmm. physical product, he had a retail photography business. So he's someone that's been doing it and has been in the trenches of um, running a business online and offline for like a couple of decades now. Oh, wow. And so he just has so much uh, insight to give that I've, I've learned so much from him. And I really owe a lot of what I've been able to do from just watching him do it. That's awesome. Yeah. I always yeah. love hearing about people's inspirations because everyone has like a different person who really kind of helped them get to where they are or aided them in their journey at some point. So yeah. Um, tell everyone where they can find you, like your website and your social media handles or that kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. So my website, you can find me at one of two places um, on YouTube. It's youtube.com slash the bootstrap boutique. I also have a, you know, a standalone website, the bootstrap boutique.com. Um, I'm most active on Twitter. That handle is at Meg Lofton. I'm also on Instagram at the bootstrap boutique. And um, one thing that I wanted to do special for you guys is I talked earlier about 
one of the hardest parts about getting started is making a decision if this is something that you know you should do or not you need to research but not too much right that's the, the issue everyone has so if this is something that you think is interesting to you and like you want to learn more about it then um, go to the bootstrapboutique.com slash forward slash confetti and that will give you a link to sign up. I have a five-day email course totally free that walks you through the decision-making process to know, like, is this right for me or not? Like, should I continue looking further into this or should I move on and, and focus on something else? Because I think, you know, your time is precious. You don't want to waste your time researching something, spinning your wheels that three months down the road, you're going to be like, you know what, this isn't for me. <laughs> so this really helps you walk through step-by-step, step, like, should I do this or should I just go do something else? Awesome. Yeah. I'll link everything in the show notes so you guys can go and check that out. So you don't have to worry about having to remember everything. <laughs> yeah. Especially because a lot of people listen while like driving or, you know, doing laundry or something. So yep. they have pen and paper handy, but um, yeah, so I'll link everything in the show notes, but it was really great having you. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. You can find all the details from this episode by going to www.savvysocialhour.com slash episode 34. Make sure to join the Savvy Social Media Babes community Facebook group for daily prompts, updates on the podcast, and so much more. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. You can find us on the web at www.savvysocialhour.com. Please follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Savvy Social Hour and like our Facebook page at www.facebook.com slash Savvy Social Hour. New episodes will be released every single Tuesday and Thursday. See you next time.